One of Brooklyn's oldest homes is asking $4 million but faces a murky future. So let's check this out. It's been called the best preserved Dutch colonial landmark in Brooklyn, a storied farmhouse predating the American Revolution. Over its more than two and a half centuries, the elegantly proportioned Wyckoff Bennett homestead with its gently curved roof, dormer windows, and column porch perched incongruously amid the humming traffic and bustling apartment blocks of the borough's Madison section, has housed only three families since 1766. But to the dismay of local preservationists, that's now history. Emptied of its antiques, damaged by vandalism, and in a state of disrepair, the historic property, now priced at $4 million, faces an uncertain future as one of the city's dwindling breed of colonial relics, of which barely a dozen of the elders remain, threatened by age and development pressures. The property's last occupants, Annette and Stuart Mont, a psychotherapist and her business executive, husband, bought the 4,000-square-foot house, replete with old world furnishings of $160,000 in 1983, about $480,000 today. In addition to an 1899 barn, all on a 22,000-square-foot property, comprising half an acre of land at 1669 East 22nd Street, off King's Highway. So raising their two children with the original dishes and silverware, swords and flint rock, uh, flintlock rifles, a horse-drawn sleigh, and windows scratched with Hisaian graffiti, the Monts tried selling the property to the city several times over the last two decades before talks collapsed in acrimony. Still, the family welcomed school children and other visitors for educational tours. Annette died in 2013 and Stuart three years later. Their son, Ira, who didn't respond to multiple requests for comment, and daughter, Randy, sold it to the current sellers. Partners listed in city records as 22nd Street Investors, LLC, in October 2021 for $2.4 million. The city's Landmarks Preservation Commission designated the farmhouse a landmark in 1968, but just its exterior is protected from alterations, with nothing else on the property safeguarded, and now a new generation of occupants stands to make it their own, although exactly who they ha- who that may be and what plans may come remain cloudy. A yeshiva in a synagogue recently voiced interest in purchasing or renting the homestead. Two of the publicity-shy investors confirmed in recent conversations but that's now off the table, they said. Okay. So Abraham Dishy, one of the property's co-owners and president of Elysi Investment Company, a property management agency with extensive holdings in New York and Florida, confirmed they had been in talks with the Yeshiva, but he said they wanted to rent. We don't want to rent. He said the partners were open to other purchase officers and uses complicated by landmark restrictions. I think you can maybe ask permission for you to move it to a different location, he said.
So a spokesperson for the Landmark Submission, Zoda Negron, said the agency would need to approve any move of the farmhouse on or off the property and that it would not be granted lightly. The house was already reoriented in the 1890s when the street grid was cut and it was turned from facing south to west. She said the agency had no say in the ownership or use of the house and property. Now, Dishy said the house and one lot is sat on were being offered for about $1.5 million and the rest of the property with the barn for $2.5 million. The original asking price for everything totaled $1 million more, but Dishy said nobody can pay 5 for this thing. But here's also the thing, too. Who the heck would want to spend nearly $5 million on a property where they can't even really do anything to the house that's on there? Like, just think about that for a second. Yeah, I'm going to drop $5 million on a property to be forced to not do something that I want to do, basically, right? Like, can you imagine doing that? Imagine buying a house for $5 million, which is a lot of money, and then basically the city or the state or the town or county or whatever basically says, oh yeah, by the way, you can't change the color. Oh yeah, by the way, you can't do this to the outside. Oh yeah, you can't move it. Oh yeah, you can't take it down. Like, after already spending $5 million. Like, that would just piss me off, right? And that would probably piss off a lot of people, which is why there's so many people not wanting to actually buy this thing because, like, think about it. Like, You're having to try to find someone, one, that has the money to buy this thing, and then two, is perfectly okay with being told that they can't do something to the property that they bought. Like, that's just insane. Which, by the way, if you ever do get, like, real estate or whatnot, and now this isn't financial advice, but if I were to buy a house, I would never buy a house that is historically protected, right? Where you are forced by the state or by the government to do specific things and you can't go past that, right? Like, oh, you could paint the house, but only this color. Oh, you could refix the like door, but only to this standard. Like, it'd be insane. It's like, imagine like how much you might, like, even if we were to spend like maybe like a, more average home price of like maybe like two hundred thousand or two fifty or three hundred thousand. Imagine spending that type of money, and then basically being told like, "Oh yeah, you see that tree outside in the your front yard? You can't take that down, no matter what, right? Oh, you see, you know how like your mailbox is like colored red? Okay, no, you can't change the color. Oh, like you see the garage door? The garage door kind of sucks, but uh." Yeah, you can't change that either. Like, do you see how, like, absurd that would really get? Now, that's also kind of like the same thing with, like, HOAs. Now, some HOAs differ. But the same thing is, like, to spend such a large amount of money and not really being able to do what you want to do with that property is just insane to me. Like, if I'm going to spend $5 million on a property, I want to buy a property that I can literally do whatever I want to do with it. So Dishi, 
who has been hit by city lawsuits for building violations on other properties and was listed by former Mayor Bill de Blasio as one of the worst landlords, although he is not on the public advocate's current list, voiced doubts about a sale given the landmark restrictions. We will take as much that we can because we want out, he said. An earlier call to the number on the for sale sign reached one of Dishy's fellow investors, a Brooklyn neighbor, who said he lived two blocks away and gave his name only as Isaac. He said the barn and the property are for sale, not the house. Asked if they might be sold to a yeshiva, he said, We don't know who is a customer. We have no customer yet. A few phone calls, just talk, only talk, nothing happened. He gave a figure of $250 per square foot, which for 22,000 square feet equals $5.5 million. Reached again in November, he repeated that the house was not for sale and that no buyers had come forward. Who's going to buy a landmark, he said. Dishy said the house would be fixed up for later sale. The property's ultimate outcome has raised concerns among neighbors. One of them, Joe Dorfman, has contacted the Brooklyn Borough President Antonio Rizzono's office for months with urgent questions about his fate. Dorfman recently stopped by the site and met Isaac, who at that time said he had a buyer coming in for $5 million. Isaac mentioned possibly moving the house and said the prospective buyer was already doing due diligence. Another man there, who gave his name as Steve, told Dorfman he represented a yeshiva, that wants to build on this property. Steve said they wanted to keep the house and turn this community into a shoal. He told Dorfman, a retired insurance investigator, that he was putting together a letter of intent for the yeshiva's purchase and had already spoken to the Landmarks Commission. So I know what we can and can't do. Amid the homestead's uncertain end use, one aspect remains clear. Its overall condition has fallen from grace. The Landmark Commission's Enforcement Department issued the owners two recent citations labeled warning letter for failing to maintain the site in good repair. The first was issued August 9, 2022 for failure to maintain fence. To avoid possible substantial fines, it told the owners to apply immediately for a permit to do the work. A second warning, dated September 23, cited a failure to maintain facade and roof or facade and roof, and also requested an application for that work. The owners have since filed to do the repairs, Negron said, adding that a preservationist from the commission visited the site in November, telling the owners what repairs were needed and how to carry them out. They agreed to make the fixes expeditiously and paint the house in the spring, she said. In addition to the structural issues, Isaac told Dorfman that he had also found empty vodka bottles and syringes on the property and had boarded up the windows and turned on the lights to deter squatters. So basically you kind of get the idea that pretty much like this property, right, is just getting destroyed, right, in terms of just like time and where and all that kind of stuff. But the crazy thing about this whole thing is like just imagine someone forcing you to like do specific things or not do specific things with the property that you bought right like this is the biggest thing this is why you should never really buy properties 
that fall under this protection because imagine you want to try to make some sort of money back, right? You can't, basically. <laughs> like With this type of party, you can't. You can basically just cross your fingers and hope that the land value dramatically increases and that you can make money off of it that way. But the reality is this type of property should really only be bought or can really be bought by someone, one, who has basically unlimited funds because $5 million ain't a small amount, but two, where you would be perfectly okay with basically being told what to do with the property by the government, right? If you're okay with that and you got unlimited funds, you could buy a property like this, but there's not a lot of people like that. 